What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the End of the Chat Gaming Podcast. This is the 22nd episode of the End of the Chat Gaming Podcast. We're doing a couple bonus episodes this week, and this one is a special one because the Game of the Year and the Game Award nominees are up, so we're actually going to go through all of them and discuss them. We're going to argue. We're going to argue a lot this episode. I am Nico. As always, I am joined by my co-host, Rico. How are we doing, Rico? Today's the day we choose violence. <laughs> yes, we woke up and chose violence. <laughs> but we are available on all podcast services except for Apple because they hate us. And we are also available on YouTube in a video format. If you are watching the video format, you will be able to see our votes as we cast them. So should be pretty fun and entertaining episode. We just did one, so I'm not going to ask Rico what he's been playing. We literally just recorded the other day, and that episode Myself. is live today. But... One thing before I get into it, I just, I gotta say, did you see that Halo Shadow Drop multiplayer the other day? I was seeing that, like, everybody was freaking out about it, they were just like, wait, what, it's out? Yeah, they put it out on Xbox's 20th anniversary, just out of nowhere. So the campaign's not available, but multiplayer is, they're calling it the multiplayer beta, and I've been hopping in and playing it, and the it, the delay was worth the wait, let me tell you, it, it's a good time. I suck at it, but it's really fun and polished. <laughs> I was gonna say, like, Halo's definitely that you can't really say like Halo's the same as Call of Duty or anything like that. It, it's its own thing, basically. It, it is very much its own thing. Shooters. Like going after playing so much Vanguard and going into Halo, I'm just like, holy shit, I am bad. <laughs> like, I'm okay at Call of Duty. Like, I stay around a 1.05 KD, but I am getting my dick kicked in in Halo, and it is unbelievable. So super fun. Check it out. It's available free for everybody. If you have Xbox, go. I highly recommend checking it out. But we're going to go over and do these nominees. So, you're not going to see our faces. It's just going to be the good old um, Game Awards nominees that we'll, you'll see if you're watching the video format. So, let's switch over. So, we're starting from the bottom of the list. And, honestly, these are ones we don't care so much about. Like, the best yeah, esports event. Do you have a preference? Because <laughs> no, I... I was... I don't, uh, I'm afraid, like, like you're just going to say, I don't follow esports whatsoever. Don't yeah. really care for it. It's cool that, you know, there's, you know, events for gaming that are so big, but I still don't really care much for it. So, I used to watch a lot of esports back when I was a big League of Legends fan, so I'm just going to vote for League of Legends Worlds, and we'll just move on to the next category here. Right, which would be... Best esports coach. Again, don't care. <laughs> yeah. I don't care. So we're just going to skip it. I don't know any of these people is the problem. Best esports team. Um, Do I know any of these names? No, I don't. I don't know any of these names. Why are these categories? You know? I, I don't know. It's it's for inclusion. <laughs> um, I don't know any of these for the best esports athlete. Uh, Best esports game. I feel like I can definitely cast a vote for this one. I'll say... I'll say for this one, hmm. Yeah, you could probably like discuss this one a bit because, like, yeah, you got usual Call of Duty and Counter Strike. You got League on there, but I feel like you can make an honest case for Valorant because Valorant's been 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 pretty prominent this past year. I agree, Valorant. Uh, it, for me, if I was gonna pick, it's between League and Valorant. At the end of the day, I just think League's more popular. Like, I just, I, really... I think League is just a bigger game, and Valorant will never quite catch up to it. Yeah, not quite, but Valorant is, like, doing pretty well. I still, like, see, like, 
clips and like people streaming it all the time so it, it's not going to be as big as league but it's it's up there in terms of popularity 100 100 sure. it's it, i mean it's another riot game and riot seems to do pretty well in terms of their competitive scene oh yeah so so really in the end like riot probably wins all right so we're voting on league yep might as well okay <laughs> <laughs> All right, next category, most anticipated game. This one, I feel like we're going to have a little bit of an argument about. I was going to, well, like, just looking at the lineup here alone, it's going to be hard to decide. I, I have two. I have two that I feel are the true most anticipated, okay? You All ready? Right. All right, let's hear it. Breath of the Wild 2 or Elden Ring. Those are my right. two. I don't think God of War Ragnarok or Horizon, despite how much people want those games, I don't think they hold a candle to the reaction that Breath of the Wild 2 got or the hype that is around Elden Ring. Because that is like all I see people talking about on social media. Yeah, I can see it for... I, I guess in a way we're, we're like halfway because I was going to say like Elden Ring and God of War Ragnarok. Because ever since... Again, once you play God of War, you'll understand. <laughs> but <laughs> I do need to play it. I understand. I I, I know. I'm behind. I'm behind. As I say, because like in terms of the story, people are very excited, including me, for what can and what will happen in this next God of War game. So like I can understand like why you wouldn't pick that because you have yet to play that. But I feel like if you had played it by now, you might reconsider. <laughs> This is a tough one, okay? And this is just going to come from my bias side. Like, I don't think it's what we're going to end up picking, right? But right. Starfield has me really excited because I've recently been playing Skyrim Anniversary Edition. And fucking A, Skyrim just never gets old. I've played through that gets... game a hundred times, and it just never gets old. It, it doesn't. That's how they're able to keep reselling it to us. <laughs> I mean, I was playing it last night till like 3.30 in the morning. Like, I was just grinding Skyrim. <laughs> I love it. So, like, Starfield has me incredibly excited. I'm knocking shit over on my desk. Sky Starfield has me incredibly excited. Just because I love the Bethesda game style. Like, I love Fallout. I love Skyrim. Seeing them do something new, a new IP in space, has me very, very hyped. And for me personally... Elden Ring it looks cool, but I am not a Souls game kind of guy, right? I'm not. So for me, Elden Ring isn't on my personal list. Like, I'm going to keep an eye on it, see what it's all about, and maybe pick it up. But for me personally, Starfield and Breath of the Wild 2 are on a way higher tier. I probably like, would have agreed considering, like, I, I mean, I am excited about Elden Ring. Don't get it wrong. But then also they were like... They gave out like oh, like beta, closed beta codes to people, so people were like, "We're playing like a beta build of Elden Ring," and there have been videos going up. And after watching gameplay, it it has me intrigued because, like, even though of course it's you know our Souls like game, it does a lot of things different. The biggest thing is that you can jump. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I did see well, that. <laughs> more than that, like, of course, like with the jumping, but then also like there's some like uh combat mixed in with that so that's a plus you have a steed you can ride around and fight on and it's essentially huge open world it's not linear like past souls board games so you can literally like go about and play however you want go wherever you want you'll run into bosses that either you have to fight or you may just want to fight for fun i saw one interaction where 
a guy was like he was about to roll up on this horde like that was just essentially hanging around a bonfire and then as he goes to approach it a fucking dragon comes out of nowhere just sky bombs them and wipes them all out and now all of a suddenly you're in a boss fight with a dragon <laughs> see i i might end up picking it up like it has a cool enough aesthetic for me that like that's why i got into bloodborne because right. bloodborne was 100 percent like that gothic art style had some horror elements which is just like screams nico like that's my kind of game like, I love yeah. horror games, and I love that art style. That's why I picked up Resident Evil 8 after I'd never played a Resident Evil game. It just fit that style. So for me, it might have the same effect Bloodborne did, where I just pick it up because of what it is. And I don't know. I think we have to vote Elden Ring. With the amount we've talked about it, I think Elden yeah. Ring is the way to go. Yeah, I feel like Elden Ring really is the one. Because, like, FromSoft, they put out, like, amazing games already with the worlds they build. And then, you know... it. Even like you know, it's just more like Soulsborne kind of. They're still. This is something much different, at least with it being open world. Combat's a bit different, and yeah, yeah, I think it gets the vote. Hundred percent. All right. Next category, we have best debut indie. We have the Artful Escape, Forgotten City, Kina, Sable, and Valheim. I have I have an opinion, and I'm gonna see what you have to say. I'm I'm awake. Well, it's the rest of the games aside from. Artful Escape, I don't know a ton about, but Kina is definitely like a worthwhile experience. It is a gorgeous looking game, and the story behind it, with which has a nice like undertone message about you know like dealing with uh loss and like moving on stuff like that that I honestly really enjoyed. Combat was like pretty simple, but with the diversity and the enemies and the boss fights, you really have to like think and plan out how you go about your fights so yeah for i mean obviously it's gonna be for kina for me just because it's the only one i'm most familiar with but uh, let, let's hear your opinion <laughs> so for me it's not kina i knew you were gonna roll with kina because you're the uh -huh. playstation guy for me yeah it's valheim because valheim had such a fucking moment earlier in the year like such a like it was so big for that second that it was popular it was like a month and then it kind of fell off but even i i'm not a big pc gamer anymore but even i bought valheim and hopped in and just the like the survival viking theme was super cool everybody was streaming it everybody was talking about it and i don't think kina quite had that level of hype around it like it didn't have that audience that valheim had for the moment it did so for me i would have to go valheim but what do you what do we think what do we think between the two so think about that. Even if like for you, like Kina wasn't like you know that hype. It, I did see like it did like way. Apparently, I didn't see the exact statistics, but apparently it did way better numbers than they originally projected. Enough so that now they're gonna be like a full time you know developer studio, and they already have like their next game in the works, which is gonna be a full blown like triple A title, um story story adventure driven like Kina, but on a bigger scale now so that that goes to show like how big kina was that now this development team this is like their first dive into like you know the console gaming world and now because of its success they get to keep doing that and like go on to a much larger scale i think even like with support from sony as well even though i don't think they're a playstation studio but they are going to be backed by sony <laughs> 
Okay, I, I, you, you kind of persuaded me. You kind of persuaded me. I haven't personally played it, but like I haven't heard shit about Valheim since it was big. So I'm gonna give it to Kina, knowing that they, ha- they, they did way better than they expected. They're gonna be able to work on more games and be a, be a larger studio in a sense. I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna swing that way with you. Yeah. Next category: I... content creator. Yeah, content. I, I'm. It's gonna be another one of those current categories where it's like i only know dream out of this category i also he... only know dream so i'm just gonna <laughs> cast that vote <laughs> as i was gonna say as i say with how viral his like manhood videos went and everything i feel like it has to be him now i'm not knocking any of these other content creators i'm just not familiar with them or their content as well i i'm the exact same boat you are i i haven't even watched dream i just know of him because of how big he got Right, like, I've only watched, like, his Manhunt videos and, like, some other, like, uh, random stuff, but those Manhunt ones, they're just entertaining. (laughs) So, best multiplayer. We have Back for Blood, Knockout City, It Takes Two, Monster Hunter Rise, New World, and Valheim. Alright, so I think to kind of start this out, there's there's two I'm going to knock out from contention. Okay. Instead of, like, actually giving, like, which ones I consider. I'm going to kind out kind of knock out pun intended knockout city because uh, mm-hmm. like it did debut like pretty big, but I feel like it's fallen off pretty hard. It's still gang support. I'm still seeing like news for like the events and stuff it has, and it looks like cool stuff, but I haven't really dove back in t- since that initial like open beta slash launch they had. I I'm in a similar boat. I don't know that I knock out knockout city. I really enjoyed knockout city. It's so fun. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Don't get me wrong. It's just, I, I've enjoyed it too. I just haven't like felt the need to like go back into it at all. Really? The one, the, the two I would knock out and it, it's only because the one I'm only knocking out because I haven't played it. It takes two. I haven't played it. It Ooh. looks like a phenomenal game, but I just, I haven't sunk any time into it. And the other one I'd knock off is Valheim. Because I played it with some friends, and it's good for a little bit, but it kind of gets old really quick. Like, I think I only played it for a couple days. So, those are the two I'd knock off. I don't think Monster Hunter Rise holds a candle. Like, I really enjoyed yeah. Monster Hunter Rise, but on, the rest of these on this list, I just, I, I can't, I can't keep it up there on the same tier. Yeah, I, I was going to say, Monster Hunter Rise was the going to be the other one I was going to knock out. Mainly because, like, whenever I think of a Monster Hunter game, I don't really think multiplayer. I think of just, you know, going in and slaying monsters with or without people. Yes. So I, so I don't really consider it, like, a massive multiplayer game. Um... However, I, I do have a different opinion on It Takes Two. I think, like, despite our vote, I think that it, that's going to be the winner because... From what I've watched, I haven't played it myself, maybe because, you know, it, it takes two. I, I don't really have anyone to play it with. Mm-hmm. But from from what I've seen, it just looks like such a charming and actually well-done platforming cooperative game that I haven't seen in I don't know how, how long. Like, both both like this and then what was it? Uh, What was that one uh, two, also two-player game about, like, the two guys escaping from prison? I forget oh. what that was called. I don't remember what it was called. Um, I can't remember. I think because I think it takes two is made from the same. I think it is. I developers. think it's the same team. But I know what the game you're talking about. I just can't think of the name of the game. I think it was a No Way Out or something like that. It might be. Yeah, like if they if that uh, if that team wants to keep putting out like these cooperative like 
narrative driven games whether it's platform or you know like more grounded uh narrative driven like with a no with no way out fair enough go go on with it we don't have like hardly any like actual cooperative games that aren't like massive multiplayer or like stuff like knockout city or we haven't even talked about back for blood yet yeah um back for blood it's it's a good multiplayer game i don't good zombie game it's a good game but it's one that i haven't returned to a ton you know yeah because it the, the weird thing about multiplayer games especially with like the games they have listed here is that you essentially want friends to dive in yes. and play with it's not like with Call of Duty multiplayer or like Battlefield where you just hop in, you know, you get into a game and it's just mad chaos. You don't really need to get a team together or anything like that. Yes. But with these, you have to actually like coordinate with people. So it, it's hard to say. Um, see, I think there's two games that have that element. The, the element where you can hop in and play with or without friends. And I think mm -hmm. those are Knockout City and New World. Knockout City, obviously, because it is just that kind of like hop in and like play a couple rounds, hop out, kind of like Call of Duty, like right. Battlefield. It has that element. But New World also, because of the MMO aspect of it, the game is designed around playing with other people at some point. You're going to do it, whether you're in the same area, questing with people, doing dungeons, anything like that. So I think of these games, I would have to vote one of those two. Honestly, like after saying that and I'm kind of thinking about it, I think I'd have to give it to New World just because of like the scale it's on and how like well it was executed. And like I haven't seen much of it, but from what I have seen, like it actually looks like pretty interesting combat. Like I'm not one, one that's too into the whole MMO uh, genre, really, just because mm -hmm. I always think like, you know, the combat's a bit, you know, Soul. that's like one of the reasons i never really cared for stuff like world of warcraft but when i looked at new world that actually made me kind of want to get a pc because that it looked that interesting to me so i think for me i'd have to give it to new world all right we'll vote new world because that that seems to be where we agree on the subject yeah all great games but you know there has to be one winner in the end that's how it's gonna go with a lot of these <laughs> now i already have my answer for the next one because i've been addicted to it. <laughs> best sports racing I, I'm going Forza 5. Like, Forza yeah. Horizon 5 is fucking amazing. I cannot get enough. I was playing it today before we started recording. I was grinding. I've been just buying. I, I saved up so much money that I, I've just been buying, like, meme cars. Like, just goofy, <laughs> stupid cars. Like, I have a whole collection of Jeeps. Not because I want to race in Jeeps. Simply because I want to throw the cool custom decals that people have made. And kudos to whoever's making these. Because they're fucking great. But I bought three jeeps one is the jurassic world jeep one is the original jurassic park jeep and the third is the jurassic park jeep that you ride is like automated and you ride on the rails from the first movie like that's the only reason i have these fucking jeeps like i am so hopelessly addicted to forza and the racing is fantastic the ability the accessibility whether you want to play on a higher level if you want to switch out you know if you want to have a more realistic experience versus a more like middle of the road experience versus an easy, like you want the game to hold your hand kind of racing game. It's fucking awesome. The other game that I've heard a lot about and I feel like is going to be a serious contender is going to be Riders Republic. I was just going to say like, uh, like I, I'm pretty sure we're both going to be in agreement that like Forza gets the vote, but I still want to like mention like both hot, both hot wheels Unleashed and Riders Republic are like solid, like at least 
runner-up contenders because i've heard like i've heard and seen a lot about riders republic it looks like a hell of a fun like arcadey style game where you don't even necessarily have to do racing if you just want to like fuck around and like drop down a mountain on your bike hell if you want to just be skydiving like 500 feet in the air let go of the chute and then switch to your bike and just zoom down a mountain you can do that and i love that shit yeah i i if if riders republic was on game pass I would have probably been playing it already because it looks like Forza, but with like bikes and, you know, all the other extreme sports type of stuff. And I'm yeah. I'm so into that kind of gameplay right now because it's just sheer fun. Like, that's what I think why I'm so addicted to Forza is because there's just so much goofy shit to do and none of it matters. None of it matters. Right. It's not competitive unless you're racing online and that's optional. Like, it's just open world fun and chaos. And I'm so addicted to that formula. So Riders Republic, I think, is going to be... If Forza doesn't win, it's going to be Riders Republic. Right. And then this one, I don't think will win, but I still think it has, like, a strong case for, like, run-up Hot Wheels Unleashed. Because, like, from what I see on game, it's, like, it's not your usual race or, like, what you'd expect, really. Like, it's much more... Each car has its own, like, properties for how it drives and how it handles. Like, essentially, a bigger, like, more hefty car isn't going to do as big a jumps and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So you have to make sure you're going, like, full throttle. Or if you're a car that's going, like, too fast on these ramps, you can actually overshoot it. Hell, you can actually, like, rainbow road this bitch, launch yourself off the side of the road, and land down on a different track ahead of the pack. I'm just like, what the hell? It's like, it's almost like it's borderline arcadey in terms of, like, you race how you want, but there's also, like, a certain amount of skill to it, essentially with, like, all these cars having different properties and handling differently and stuff like that. It's almost like handling actual Hot Wheels, because, you know... I'm sure you remember, you build your Hot Wheel tracks, you send them down the ramp, and you expect all the cars to do the same thing. But no, all the cars launch a different way. And that's essentially what they copied into the game form. Yeah. I, I, think you, you, I think you're right. I think there is a case to be made for Hot Wheels, but I don't know if it quite holds a candle to Forza or Riders Republic. Oh. Oh no, it doesn't. It if anything, it's like at least runner up or like third place in terms of all these games here. Because FIFA, I mean, is FIFA, and then F one is well, F one. It's a very niche market for those two games, right? But still, three three solid contenders out of this. But you know, I think we're both in agreement. Like after like how much you've raved about it, and like all the crazy reviews I've seen, I think we're both in a unanimous agreement. It's Forza. Perfect. I love it. I'm gonna I'm gonna be irate later in this because of this game. I'm gonna, just, I'm gonna just talk about that. Best sim I, I and know. strategy game: Age of Empires, Evil Genius Two, Humankind, Inscription, or Microsoft Flight Sim. I have a vote. I know what I'm I, picking. I know what you're picking too, and I'm pretty sure that's gonna be the one we just go with because uh, I don't really I'm not really too in the sim or strategy genre. At least not these kind. Yeah. So I'm not too familiar, but from what you told me about your pick, I can kind of understand. Yeah, I've heard great things about Inscription. I know a lot of people really, really dig that game and are really into it. I've not personally played it. Uh, in terms of like Age of Empires and Humankind, I'm not really into that style of game. I respect yeah. them. I know why people love them. It's just not for me. But as someone who has Game Pass, downloaded Microsoft Flight Simulator just on a whim to see how good it looked, like, the fact that I had to spend an hour and a half in the tutorial section just to figure out how to get my plane off the ground 
It, like, the amount of realism they put into the game to make it a real flight simulator, I it's hard to not vote for it, especially with how beautiful the environments are and the continued support and all that stuff. I, I'm blown away by the game. It's not something I've revisited because it's just not for me, but as a game, it, it's unbelievable. Yeah, I was say, like, uh, you're, you've sunk a lot of time into Xbox, or, so for stuff like this, I'm going to kind of just, like, go with you on it especially if mainly if it's stuff that i'm where the choices i'm not familiar with so so microsoft so, Flight, yeah, Sim, Flight simulator yeah boom <laughs> moving on best family this one uh i have two mm. picks i have two picks um yeah <laughs> so yeah i think i have two picks too because when it says best family i'm thinking of a game that you can actually like Sit down with like some of your families, you know, like brothers, sisters, cousins, you know, get the parents involved, even though they're go just going to play along and not actually know what the fuck they're doing. Mm -hmm. But uh, that's kind of like what I'm thinking. So I have like two picks in terms of that. See, when you put it like that, my opinion changes. OK, because <laughs> I had two picks based on the ones that I'm a big fan of. But based on like the ability to play as a family, I kind of I switch my vote. So the two I'm going to well, the one I'm going to remove is it takes two. I don't think it's a family game. No, this is more like, you know, something you'd play with like a friend or it or like, you know, a couple that would do it. That's yeah. essentially what that is. Now, the one that's going to uh, I can't actually remove it because it is. It, OK, I, it's Mario 3D World and Bowser's Fury. First off, Bowser's Fury is phenomenal. It's fucking right. amazing. I 100% it. It's so good. Like, that alone was worth $60 to me personally. I loved Bowser's Fury, but on top of that, you get Mario 3D World, which is a multiplayer game. You know, you can play with up to four people. You run through the courses, and the courses are really fun. It, it's like Mario 3D Land on the 3DS bumped up onto the Wii and now ported to Switch, and it's so good. That one's really solid. In terms of Mario Party... That one, I also think, is a very good family game. You can play it. Everybody get in the same room. WarioWare is the same. It, it, right. Pokemon Snap is an interesting one. Okay? Yeah. Because that's more of like a sit down on the couch and sort of like experience it together. It's not necessarily something you quote unquote play. It's mainly like just an experience, really. Yeah. And I think it could be considered a family game. Like, I understand why it's here. Because you could like sit down as a group and be like, oh, shit hold on turn your camera back you know there's a hoot hoot doing something stupid over there or a hair cross doing something crazy over there right so you could do it as a group i don't know how fun that would be uh but i personally really enjoyed pokemon snap i'm glad it got nominated for something because it's a very good game um right. but in terms of this one i don't think it quite meets the cut now right. I, I think WarioWare has to go I don't think WarioWare quite holds a candle to Mario Party or Mario 3D World. Right, and I, that's, like, fair. <laughs> I think WarioWare's fun. It's a bunch of goofy minigames, but Mario Party just does minigames better. Right. So if you got two minigames games right there, I think you have to give it to Mario Party over WarioWare. Yeah, especially since, like, Mario Party, like, it's more of a competitive aspect where... Mm -hmm. As with WarioWare, just mainly just this one, they added in, I think it's like up to two or four players, and it's more cooperative rather than like competing, really. Yeah. So I, th I think Mario Party does be that. So really, I guess it comes down to Mario Party or Super Mario 3D World slash Bowser's Fury. And that's a tough one. It's yeah. It's a tough one because 3D World 
is so the, the also the other issue with this is that both of these games are technically like remakes like super mario right. well mario party superstars is just old recycled mario party games and then super mario 3d world is a port but you got bowser's fury so it's kind of hard to like narrow it down based on like which is actually new because they both have recycled content i for me I like <laughs> Mario Party, but Mario Party's never been, like, my go-to. Like, if we're all hanging out, let's play that. I would much rather play Mario 3D World. So, for me, right. I think that's where I'd lean. I think I'm going to kind of agree with you there. Just because, you know, it does have that, you know, fun cooperative uh, part of it. I also want to point out how, like, the two we came down to, even though it's best family, these are, like, the two games that would be most likely to tear a family apart. <laughs> I think Mario Party for sure. I don't know if 3D World would be quite the same because you're kind of uh, playing yeah, the level together. Yeah, you need to see some, like, some, like, friends online playing <laughs> together because I've seen some to toxic shit. <laughs> uh, best fighting game. Now, this is not my category at all. Yeah. This yeah, I was gonna say this is more up my realm, and so I'll just like go over the ones like that I at least know about. So Nickelodeon All Star Brawl, essentially you know Smash Bros, but with a Nickelodeon coat of paint. I ever since it came out, I have not seen or heard much about it. Yeah, there it was, was a lot of a lot of hype leading yeah, up to there it, was... but I haven't heard shit since. Right, and I think that was just mainly due to, you know, it being so, like, out of nowhere and people just overall, like, very curious about it. Yeah. But then, like, when in terms of it actually coming out and people getting their hands on it, it's like, okay, this is, like, fine. I know one thing that definitely hurts it is that there's no, like, voice acting in it. So, like, all you hear is, like, the characters hitting each other, but you don't hear them actually say anything. So uh, that that definitely hurts it a lot, especially with the you know like the iconic voices you have there. Like, just imagine like just whacking SpongeBob and hearing him constant scream or Patrick going like, <laughs> yeah, like that. That I didn't know there was no voice acting, so that definitely takes away a little bit from that one. I'm sure yeah. the other one you're gonna reference is Demon Slayer. Yeah, Demon Slayer. Demon Slayer. I'm not gonna say it's a great game, but it is definitely a very good game, especially since it. It, it's it's by CC2 and basically the same people who made the Ultimate Ninja Store games. The Ultimate Ninja Store games were fucking phenomenal in terms of recreating the most like iconic moments from Naruto. And Demon Slayer is definitely the same case. It recreates beautifully like all like the really iconic stuff mm -hmm. from the anime. The combat is very different from Ultimate Ninja Storm, but still very enjoyable. Even if you like, don't you don't even really have to dive heavy into it. Like you know, figure out all like the technical stuff of yeah. it. If you just want to like hop in with a friend and mash buttons, beating the shit out of each other, you can. And that feels satisfying with some of these characters. But the game, I feel like the vote's going to have to go for is Guilty Gear Strive. I just had a feeling that was where we were going to end up. <laughs> yeah. I would say, like, when this game was, like, first announced, there, you know, the hype was, you know, it was constant for it yeah. to release. It, it died out a little bit, but I'm still seeing stuff about it. I'm still hearing about it. Yeah. And it has a great art style. It is also by CC2, funny enough. The same people who made, you know, Demon Slayer and then the Dragon Ball Fighters game. So it's a very, it's a very lovely looking game. It's a very lovely looking game in the, capturing that like 2d slash 3d art style and you know the character designs are like very very cool i 
I don't think I've seen a design I necessarily hate. And I know the combat is like just as fun. So overall, I think Guilty Gear Strive takes it. All right. I, I'll give it to you. I am not the fighting game guy. <laughs> Although one thing I'm afraid of is that uh, Nickelodeon All-Stars Brawl wins because people are going to vote for it for memes. I, I could see it. Yeah. Best role playing. And I now, think this one we're going to argue about. I feel like too, because for me at least, it, it, it it's that top three there I'm going to be torn between. <laughs> So that... I I don't know Monster Hunter I never see as like a role playing game. Yeah, no, like yeah, you can like switch up your armor and fighting style like on the fly, your crafting weapons and everything, but there's no like actual like stats. Well, I mean there is stats to take into consideration, but that's if you're like super hard like dive into Monster Hunter uh -huh. like you're looking at your uh resistance and everything and building different armor sets and everything. Yes. All right. So, here's my thought, okay? Monster Hunter, not quite there. I didn't... I, from what I edited and watched of you play Scarlet Nexus, it's not for me. I... I... Yeah. I, I not... I, I, I can't... I know I, people are going to vote for it. It's not... It's not what I... I have two. I, the, I, the one yeah. I think is going to win. I think Shin Megami Tensei Five is going to win. I... I can see that honestly. I haven't played it myself, but I can see that. Now I will say to to avoid like any like pitchforks and torques. I, originally, when I saw that game, you know, I was gonna think like, oh, now we can see like where the Persona series came from and you know how stuff originated. From what I hear, and if you from what I hear, and if you say this, you will be castrated. Do not compare this to any Persona game. You will be you know hung from the gallows <laughs> for saying so because apparently it is very different. And from what I hear very difficult even on the basic difficulty setting <laughs> i've seen phenomenal reviews for shin Megami tensei it seems to be very popular and i i'm not shocked it's a very popular series that has really kind of grown in popularity over here in the west so i think that is ultimately what is going to win this category is i think I, honestly i could see it going both ways i could see monster hunter honestly win with the amount of hype that it has gotten over in the west after monster hunter world like monster hunter's popularity has really grown i think it's between those two that will win my personal vote is going to be cyberpunk see i i get that however like my my choice is good my opinion is going to be different because i have been basically holding off on diving back into cyberpunk not not because like i've had like any you know issues or technical difficulties with it thankfully i haven't been like one of like the many people who have had issues with it and that could just come down to like i was fortunate enough to be able to play it on stronger hardware by the yeah. time it came out but i do see like the frustration everything and it just kind of like it gets me burnt out on it, knowing like you know yeah this game's like good and all but it could have been better yes i'll agree it's not the game that we were promised it's not but it's still a really good game like i i loved my time with cyberpunk and i again was fortunate enough to play it on stronger hardware i played it on my series s and i did not have any issues of course i had a couple bugs here and there but nothing that was game breaking and i loved cyberpunk I I'm looking forward to the next gen version because I'm really excited to hop back into it. Right. For me personally, though, my pick 
is gonna go to start Nexus. Now I know it's not necessary thing, and I'll blame because when when from that video, it was definitely the more boring portion of the game because it was like in the beginning, not much is going on. And I will say I'm not a fan of how like a lot of like the you know narrative aspects were done in just like these slideshow cutscenes, yeah. which kind of like killed it. But in terms of like the actual story so many like twists and turns and and stuff and like the thing is you can go into this uh, for a second playthrough because you can play from two different perspectives uh -huh. but just like going in playing through it like l unraveling all these different like mysteries and conspiracies and that's not even the best part of it the best part about this game is the cast there is not a single character out of this cast that feels like you know like feels like they shouldn't be there and there's not a single one that I dislike. Each character is likable in their own different way, and they don't like fumble o over each other. If the, what I can compare it to now, it's like Returnals. It, um, not Returnal. Yeah, Returnals. Returnals. <laughs> or is it Eternals? Eternals. I'm thinking of the game Returnal. <laughs> it's Eternal. <laughs> God, I had an aneurysm there. Hold on. <laughs> but yeah, if you if you've seen Eternals in theaters, you'll kind of know what I'm talking about. But Eternals, like, does such a great job at balancing out all these new characters. And that's essentially what Scarlet Nexus is. It has, like, this pretty large, like, ensemble cast, but it's balanced out so well that no character feels unnecessary. So we're stumped, okay? Yeah. Because <laughs> I don't know if Cyberpunk will. I, I don't think Cyberpunk has a shot. Like, right. I appreciate it's nominated because it was... It, it's a good game. It yeah, just wasn't a, ready to be released. Right. It was a good game, but it's not what they initially wanted to put out. It's what they essentially had to put out to sort of like, you know, station everybody. I don't know if it was like a higher, higher up decision. I, like, no, I we, think it was a higher corporate decision to put that game yeah, out in the state it was in. Yeah, because I, I feel like if you were to ask like any devs like, like that, they'll say like, no, we should have worked longer on it. Yeah. I... So I, I guess we'll cross Cyberpunk off, and it pains me. It pains me to do so. Like I, I would reconsider. I would reconsider if they've done a bit better in terms of delivering like what they promised. And I'm not blaming like the devs for that. I know it was like a higher up thing. It's just like you know, with how messy the launch was and stuff. Despite how good of a game it is, I just I can't overlook like how things went down when it came out. <laughs> so it. Uh, it, there's three monster hunter scarlet nexus or shimigami because i don't think either of us have played tales of arise or even know what the hell it is I, all i know is that's another like a anime rpg a good one from what i hear and one i'll probably play at some point down the line but i don't know a whole lot about it but yeah i definitely think it comes down between those three rise scarlet and shimigami tensei um <laughs> I don't know. I mean, let's give it to Scarlet Nexus because I it's not a game for me, but you really enjoy it. And I know a lot of people also really enjoy it. Uh, it even it even got a G Fuel flavor. And then it was kind of a weird random factoid about it. But like it, it, it like I have the G Fuel flavor sitting next to me. It's called Brain Drive and it's like a fruit punch Hawaiian punch G Fuel. It's fucking delicious. But like it's kind of weird that that got a G Fuel flavor at all. So like I I don't know maybe it's more popular than I give it credit for. I uh, 
I, I'm just finding it funny how like the convincing factor is like it has G fuel. I mean, <laughs> I mean they go for like big popular shit. Like they got, you know they got a Venom flavor, they right. got Sonic flavors, they got you know a lot of big game inspired flavors. Like Shiny Splash is a Pokemon Shiny flavor. So like, I I kind of like I think that it's maybe more popular than i give it credit for so i'm gonna i'm gonna cast the vote for scarlet nexus i don't know i think shimagama tensei is gonna win uh, yeah i wouldn't argue there but yeah vote uh, scarlet nexus because i wouldn't be mad about that either best action adventure game we're gonna argue are you ready <laughs> yeah, let's, hold on, let's Marvel's see the list here guardians yeah. of the galaxy metroid dread <laughs> psychonauts 2 ratchet and clank rift apart and resident evil village let me just say this right now. Fucking strong category here yes. with this lineup. Oh, it's a banger of a category. Now, oh, yeah. I'm going to start. I have not played Guardians of the Galaxy yet. It's getting phenomenal Money. reviews. It's on my to-do list. I've not played Metroid Same Dread. Here. Money's tight. It's Broketober, people, okay? Money's yeah. tight. So Metroid Dread, I want to play it. Haven't played it. Psychonauts 2, play it. Love it. Ratchet & Clank, platinumed it. It's fantastic. Resident Evil Village, beat it. It's fantastic. Oh my god! Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, cause like for cause I know for you it's between like four games. For me, it's between three. But still, <laughs> um, for me personally, as a game that screams Nico, it's Resident Evil Village. I can see that because it's such a me game. It's horror. It's fun action combat. It's got that awesome gothic art style it's got lady demetrescu like lady demetrescu god damn it i am i love resident oh. evil village and it inspired me to download and go back and play older resident evils so like like i love ratchet and clank i it it's it was just more ratchet and clank at the end of the day it was it more was, ratchet and clank it was fantastic ratchet and clank don't get us wrong <laughs> yes but it was just more but. ratchet and clank now psychonauts 2 I love Psychonauts. It's so goofy. It's so fun. It's so weird. And there's just so much going on there. I I, lo I would love to give it to Psychonauts too. But for me personally, I, I don't think I'd put it higher on the list of games I played this year than Resident Evil Village. So I, where are you at? <laughs> See, the, I feel like... Okay, I feel like it comes down to... It comes down to two. And I... And let me start off by saying, like, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, I absolutely love that game. Visually, it was absolutely beautiful with the... It really shows off the power of the SSD from, like, how seamlessly you transition to all these different areas that you're thinking, like, how the hell is this not a loading screen? But for me, I think it's come down between two games. Because it's two games in, like, both franchises and somewhat genres that I've dove into and thoroughly enjoy. And that is... Metroid Dread and Resident Evil Village. Resident Evil Village is not only the first Resident Evil game I've ever played, it's the first essentially horror game I've ever played. And I loved it. From like now I never played Resident Evil 7, but I did like watch playthroughs on it, so I knew like the story and everything going mm -hmm, into it mm -hmm. already. But Resident Evil Village was just it was such a good time. Like from the monster designs and then you know it actually like taking out these swolves in it essentially like the most satisfying part was like as you were going on like building up your arsenal essentially turning into this 
this one-man army is saying. Except for that one fucking section that just has you freeze up and say, I am scared. <laughs> <laughs> that fucking baby, good lord, that was the most <laughs> terrifying shit. I could not proceed for like, I I literally like stopped playing the game for like a day or two because I was trying to like build myself up to like get through that section alone. I was like, this shit's terrifying. Give me a knife. <laughs> and then and then there's Metroid Dread. I have never played a Metroid game before. I'm pretty sure I've dove into like Metroidvania type of games where it's like you know one big map with yeah. different sections and like you back do a lot of backtracking. But good lord, it is such a satisfying game to play. Like, the controls are seamless, and, you know, watching yourself, like, level up, and same thing as Resident Evil Village, build up your arsenal, and you're able to just take out these enemies like nothing, powering yourself up, your suit, and your gun, and everything like that. And then these boss encounters that... My favorite ones, uh, in terms of, like, quote-unquote boss encounters, because these aren't necessarily, like, boss fights, are those robots that chase you around in certain areas. It's both, like, nerve-wracking and terrifying, but also extremely satisfying in a way. It adds, like, a, it has, like that nice touch of tension to the game mm -hmm. that you don't really feel too often, but it's not necessarily, like, something that's going to give you a panic attack. It's just like, oh, shit, gotta go, 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 gotta go. So that's why it's between those two for me. So I think because we agree on Resident Evil, we cast the vote there. Simply just, I haven't played Metroid, so I I, I can't give my opinion on it. It looks fantastic. I want to play it, but, you know, money's, You're gonna love it. money's tight. You're going to love it. So let's cast it on Resident Evil. Yeah, I'll, yeah let's do that just because, like, we're in agreement on that. But I feel like, in all honesty, like, for conversation's sake, if we both played all these games... You could really make the argument and oh, case for, for any, any of, of these. Them. It's such it, a strong category. It, it really is. And let me just sort of like cut in and say like this is all just me like me and Nico's opinions or like sort of finding like a middle ground we agree on. If we were both to like do this on our own in our own time, we'll def we we would definitely have like different yes, picks. Yes, hundred percent. We'd so have different like, lists. But this is think of it as like not so much Nico's vote or my vote. Think of it as like the channel's vote or like our vote together. Yeah. And once again, this just comes down to opinion. We're not saying like any game that we don't pick is bad. It's just which one we think deserves the win. This is gonna be a long episode because we have fifteen more categories and we've been going fifty <laughs> minutes. I I, well, I feel like there's some we'll be able to like speed through. I think this one is going to be one of those best action game: Back for Blood, Chivalry Two, Death Loop. Far Cry 6 and Returnal. Deathloop? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, yeah. Deathloop's like too fucking good. Like, it's props so to like, good. Uh, I, props to like my second pick, which would be Returnal, because it's it's just a great roguelike game, but I I can't like pick it over Deathloop, really. <laughs> Deathloop was so good in everything it did. The gunplay, the stealth, the, the overarching story. Oh, it was just so good. Okay, next category. That was one that we could get through real quick. <laughs> Best VR. I don't think we can really talk about it. Well, there's one I feel like we can give it to just because it's the one I've heard the most about in terms of, like, reviews and being talked about. Okay. And that's Resident Evil 4. Going into it, people were more so, like, cautiously interested. Mm -hmm. But then when it actually came out and people were playing it, they were like, whoa this is actually like fucking phenomenal it feels like i'm playing resident evil 4 game but on 
actually in the game. Like, it wasn't some sort of, like, low-grade VR, just, like, you know, toss the game on there with, like, shit controls and all that stuff. From what I hear, people are saying, like, controls and stuff are nice, and, like, the areas are actually, like, really well done. So I feel like it should go to Resident Evil 4 in terms of VR. I will just agree, because that's the game I've heard most about in terms of this list. Like, I have heard a lot of people rant and rave about how good Resident Evil 4 VR is. So we'll we'll agree on that one. Um, right. Innovation and accessibility. Essentially most 6, accessible game. Yes. Forza Horizon 5, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, Ratchet and Clank, or The Veil Shadow of the Crown. I haven't even heard of the last game. For me, Same. I'm going to give it to Forza. They have an unbelievable amount of accessibility options. Like, in terms of games that I feel like are most comparable like i think aside from the last of us part two forza might be the game with the most accessibility options i've ever seen right so for me that's where my vote's going i i i don't even remember what accessibility options are in ratchet and clank so that's i don't know why that's even on the list uh far cry 6 i don't recall what accessibility options are on the list yeah, it's hard to yeah, I was gonna say like it's hard to like kind of pick unless you actually like played these games or actually familiar in terms of like what their accessibility settings. Uh, you could also like go into this in terms of like which game is easiest for just anybody to like dive in and play, even if they have like no prior experience in the genre or franchise whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Well let's read let's read yeah, recognizing feel- software and or hardware that is pushing the medium forward by adding features technology and content to help games be played and enjoyed by an even wider audience i feel like it should go to forza in a sense because i think i saw something about an accessibility option where like it i think uh not so much accessibility but i think it's kind of like a difficulty setting but it's still the same thing where if you don't like handle like fast speeds or fast moving uh motion pictures well there's a setting you can change to where it actually like slows down the cars essentially. Not so much to where it's like you feel like you're going 15 miles an hour, mm-hmm. but vi- but visually like it shows like not as much going on, I guess. Yeah. And there's a lot of stuff it. like that. There's like a there you could change all the settings on the cars, you know, you if you you suck at driving or if you just aren't very experienced like my girlfriend started playing forza today set everything to the easiest difficulty and she's not a racing game gal and was still having some trouble racing against these ais so she was able to get in and have a good time and still have that challenge that she wanted from the game but not have to like you know race against these crazy ais but also on top of that they have a lot of stuff in like the character creation screens where like if you want to change one of your limbs to a prosthetic limb you can do that or if you want to have certain pronouns, like they have he, she, uh, they, them, you know, that kind of stuff. All that stuff is there as well. And there's a ton of, like, accessibility features in the settings, you know, in terms of, like, font sizes and colorblind settings and a bunch of stuff like that. They did a really good job making this game accessible to as many people as humanly possible. Yeah. So, yeah, after hearing all that, I am pretty much have to, I feel like I'd have to agree with you in terms of picking Forza. And that's maybe because, like, Obviously, like, you've played it, so you know all the accessibility options. I don't know a ton about what the accessibility options are in these other games, but from the sounds of, like, what Forza's done alone, it's it sounds like they've done a lot to make sure, like, everybody can play their game. Yeah. Uh, 12. Best community support. Best com- 
Apex, this one will be interesting. Destiny, <laughs> Final Fantasy, 14 Online, Fortnite, and No Man's Sky. Um, recognizing a hmm. game for outstanding community support, transparency, and responsiveness, inclusive of social media activity, game updates, and patches. Um, hmm. It's hard to say. I don't... Okay, so... Apex community is kind of toxic. <laughs> uh, De Destiny's community is also very toxic. Kind of <laughs> toxic. The community that stands out in my mind in terms of, like, overwhelming positivity around their game is Final Fantasy XIV as well as No Man's Sky. Yeah, I was gonna... It, yeah, it definitely comes down between those two. <laughs> now... As of late, I've not heard as much about No Man's Sky, so I'm leaning more toward Final Fantasy. I say I think they're supposed to have a big update coming sometime yes, next year. I forget like what exactly entails. I just know it's a big one. But yeah, it hasn't been in the news a ton. But Final Fantasy XIV Online, I think they recently had their big uh, uh, release or. If not, they've been definitely promoting it, and I've definitely seen a lot of people talking about it. I think it's it coming soon. Think. I think it got delayed a little bit. Yeah, I think I did see it got delayed slightly. I just don't remember to when. <laughs> so, where are we going here? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel like, just because it's more fresh in my mind in terms of like seeing it in the news and seeing people play it, I think it has to go to Final Fantasy XIV Online, which I feel like should be your pick, too, because that is actually... Because really, that's your first like dive into the Final Fantasy worlds. Yeah, I, I I did hop in, play it for a little bit, and I do really enjoy it. I just don't have time for an MMO, but it's a fantastic right. game, and I can't recommend it enough. Uh, best mobile game, um, I would vote Pokemon hmm. Unite. We have Fantasia, Genshin Impact, League of Legends, Wild Rift, Marvel Future Revolution, or Pokemon Unite. I think Genshin's gonna win, but I hey. would vote Pokemon Unite. It could, but I say we go with Pokemon Unite just because when I think Genshin, I don't think too much about people playing it on their phones. I think more people but playing it on their consoles. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah. Plus, like, with Pokemon Unite being on mobile and Nintendo Switch, just adding that, that much more accessibility, yeah. it, it kind of has to take it. Okay. I, I, I'm with it. I'm down to vote for Pokemon. I loved Pokemon Unite. I have not hopped back in as of late, but it's it's it was so much fun while I was right. playing it um best indie best game. indie Ooh, hmm. 12 minutes death store inscription kina or loop hero now obviously you're gonna hear like what my pick is but i want to hear what's yours because you've played i think several of these games oh god or at least two of them i've played two uh 12 minutes was fantastic the thing okay god damn it they're making me really think about <laughs> it okay because Death's Door is phenomenal. Oh, it's so good. It reminds me of, like, a top-down Zelda game with, like, some gothic elements. And, like, it's fucking awesome. It's really good. When it comes out on PlayStation and Switch, everybody go buy it. It's freaking awesome. 12 minutes, though, this, like, time loop game. We had a lot of time loop games this year. This time yeah, loop did. game where you kind of have to break down and figure out each run, you know, what changes in the environment and how to get certain things to happen with the strong cast that it had of voice actors. I almost want to give it to 12 minutes over death's door. Cause the difference is I actually finished 12 minutes versus I did not finish Death's door. I need to go back to Death's door, but I have not had the time, but 12 minutes was mm, 
Yeah. So I feel like it's going to come down between 12 minutes, because that's your pick, and then for me, it's Kino, because that's my pick. But in all honesty, mm, it's hard to say. <laughs> Cause I, cause I've made my case for Kina already, so it's just a matter of like which one has the stronger case now. <laughs> I, it's for okay, for the, here, here's my argument with like twelve minutes. It got announced, then Microsoft started backing it. Then because Microsoft started backing it, they had bigger, more known names like William Defoe plays one of the characters in the game. In this little indie game, we have freaking Green Goblin voicing one of the characters, like. Like the, the the development and the process of getting this game out, it was just so crazy and like a roller coaster. I was just, it's so good. I was so astounded by the experience that it had. Like I, right, I, I loved it. And like Kina, and Kina kind of had the same story in terms of like you know the fact that it gets gets like this support from like Sony, and now they're able to move on to like bigger games. But I feel like in terms of that the. Def- with this indie game that's just starting out and, you know, you're getting, like, these big-name actors and these performances in and getting, like, quite a, like, worthwhile narrative experience. Whereas with... I will say with Kina, it does have some, like... With Kina... With mainly, like, Kina, like, the character you play as, she's not the most interesting. But from what you're telling me, like, 12 Minutes has, like, a very, like, well-done ensemble cast of characters and keeps you, like, hooked and intrigued... I think I'm going to agree with you in terms of picking 12 minutes. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> I think it's going to come down to 12 minutes or Death's Door. Because Death's yeah. Door was so well received. And now it's coming out on other platforms. And people are very excited. for. I think it's going to be those two games. Because Death's Door almost strikes me as the Hades of this year. Right. It's just it came out. People loved it. And now it's coming out on other platforms. And people are very fucking excited. Uh, best <laughs> ongoing game. Apex Legends, Final Fantasy 14 Online, Fortnite, Genshin, or Call of Duty Warzone. I'm in, immediately knocking Warzone off this list. Yeah, with yeah, Warzone off the list. Fucking get that anti-cheat in there, you silly little independent studio. <laughs> <laughs> Activision, what a small indie company. Yeah, I know. Okay, so for me, I love Apex, but I don't think it's on the same level of Fortnite. I'm in agreement with you there. Fortnite just it continues to generate so much hype, not just with its events, but also like these crossovers they keep having. We like, dude, they fucking Naruto dropped in a game. I bought all the skins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I gotta hop on and buy the Naruto skins. I, I I was very excited to see them, but yeah, they constantly do the crossovers. They reinvent so much stuff every season. They it's just so fresh every time you get on in a new season to started. So for me, I'm going Fortnite all day. Yeah, I'm in agreement. Fortnite's just too good of like a hype machine now with its crossovers. Yes, it, it's the biggest crossover game. Now, this one you have to read description about because I don't know how to like base my vote on for this one. Games for Impact for thought-provoking game with pro-social meaning or message. We have Before Your Eyes, Boyfriend Dungeon, Chicory. I, I've heard fantastic things about Chicory. Life is Strange, True Colors, and No Longer Home. Now, I've only played one of these games. I have played none. <laughs> I've played Boyfriend Dungeon. And it was very good, and I understand why it's on this list. Um, I've also heard phenomenal things about Life is Strange True Colors, and I have listened to a couple podcasts that reviewed it and stuff. So for me, it's between those two. Of the two here that I would vote for, even though I played Boyfriend Dungeon, I thought it was great. 
Um, I, I think Life is Strange from the reception it had. I, I'm going to have to go with that one. Yeah, I think I'm just going to agree with you. I've never played a Life is Strange game. I've mainly just watched like playthroughs from like the the first one as well as like the I think some of the DLC that came with it. But I know they've always been like well received games have very like thought provoking stories. And I'm just going to assume like True Colors is no different. Now, I will say I, I'm happy to see Boyfriend Dungeon on the list because it was such a weird game. And it just kind of like, it, like even the name, people are like, what does that even mean? It's it's a really good game. I highly recommend checking it out. I'm, I'm glad it at least got nominated. I don't think it'll win, but I'm glad it was here. Right. All right. Let's see here. I already know my pick. <laughs> Best performance. We have Erica. I, I am so sorry if I mispronounce these because uh, Erica Mori as Alex Chen in Life is Strange. Can't say anything about that. Giancarlo Esposito as Anton Castillo in Far Cry 6. I love that performance. Jason Kelly as Colt Vaughn in Deathloop. Maggie Robertson as Lady Demetrescu. Oh, God. Ozi. Ozioma Akaga. I'm so sorry. As Juliana Blake. We probably butchered the hell that. We butchered it, and I do apologize. I feel like there is one clear cut, definitive answer. Ah. Okay, say, say what He's you have to say. Fucking nuts! The fuck are you doing here? We're doing something. <laughs> I just wanted to answer your question. That's all. Uh, okay. Anyway, I feel like the one true definitive answer, just because from how much this bitch may unleash something in everyone and turned every fucking man, woman, and child into a thirsty motherfucker. I feel like it goes to Maggie Robertson for Lady Demetrescu because holy hell, she created a mommy fetish and people who didn't even know they had that fetish. I I agree. She killed it. And that's who I would go for. However, Jason Kelly's Colt is phenomenal. I, I, I was going to say, I love his performance too. Like Colt's just so entertaining. And Colt is an entertaining as hell character. Oziyama Akaga, I hope I'm saying it right, as Juliana, fantastic. So good. Yeah. The thing I'll say about Giancarlo Esposito, as much as I love that performance and that character as Anton Castillo in Far Cry, he plays the same character in every fucking thing he does. Like, he, <laughs> it is the same character that was in Breaking Bad. You know, so it's like, I, I love him. I love him as an actor. He's so good at that particular role. But it's nothing we haven't seen him do before. So for me, I'm with you. Lady Demetrescu, I love the character. I love the performance. The amount of memes and, like, just online activity revolving around that character. I have to give it to Maggie Robertson. Yeah. <laughs> um, Best audio design. Definitely Ooh. Forza Horizon 5, Ratchet & Clank, Resident Evil Village, and Returnal. See, now this one will be interesting because a lot of the stuff so far has been like, you know, thinking of how well games play and stuff and like what they do. This is just for how the game sounds. Ooh, I, I think I know my pick, but at the same time, it's it's still hard to like say for sure. Mm -hmm. For me, I think I would go with Eternal because the sound design is just done so well with that. And it trans and it translates so well through the dual sense in terms of like you know, feeling and hearing, like, the patter yeah. of rain and, like, wind blowing and stuff like that, grass rustling and mm -hmm. everything as you go through these different environments. So I think I'd have to go Returnal. 
for this? So for me, it's between two. Because mm-hmm. I've not played Returnal. It's right. Deathloop or it's Forza 5. And okay. Deathloop was fantastic in the gun sounds, the, you know, environment stuff, you know, the, with the, the, the landmines, the, you know, the, the different, uh, what were they called? I can't even remember what the, the individuals were called. The, uh, oh, the, uh, uh, on uh, the tip of my tongue, but I can't think of it, but you know, but the, damn it, uh, it's good. You're going to drive visionaries. Is that yeah. it? Well, the, the the visionaries, yes, but the people, the individuals, I can't remember what they were called. Regardless, the you know the conversations that they had, the voice acting, all of that was done so incredibly well. The, you know the back and forth between um, Colt and Juliana, but all over the radio and the radio sound effects, you know, all of that. The power ups had such cool, but I don't know Forza. God, the game's so good. Forza is so well done in terms of the different car sounds in terms of the actual soundtrack like the radio stations have some really popular songs like you know they got levitating by dua lipa they got industry baby by little nas they got teardrops by bring me the horizon like they have a huge huge soundtrack that they have on top of that the way that you know the different environmental effects impact the sound like whether you're driving on dirt on road on water you know wherever you're at the weather effects and the environment that you're in adds so much to it. Like uh, one scene in particular that comes to mind is the volcano. They have you go up on this volcano, this active volcano, and you're doing a bunch of like science research and stuff. And you're driving around and you feel the rumble of the volcano in your controller as you hear it in your headset. And it's so well done. So for me, I, I have to go with Forza. See, here's the thing now. <laughs> After you talked about Deathloop and I started thinking back to playing it again, because it's been a little bit since I've played it, and like thinking of the sound designs from like the power-ups and you know guns and all that stuff, I might need to change my pick to Deathloop now. <laughs> I'll I'll we'll vote Deathloop since it's the one we agree on and we right. like, both of us had one that we both haven't played. So we'll vote Deathloop. If I was doing this list alone, it's hundred percent Forza. Yeah, best, it's definitely divisive. Yeah, best music score, well, best score and music. So, The Artful Escape, Cyberpunk 2077, Deathloop, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, and Near Replicant. Um, Ooh. For me, it's Deathloop or Cyberpunk, but that's because those are the only games I've played on this list. The thing is, I also want to consider Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, because, you know, if you if it's anything like the movies alone, you know it's going to have a killer soundtrack. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Cyberpunk soundtrack's very good. So, yeah, I was gonna. Yeah, I don't Cyberpunk's know good if too. it's on the level of Deathloop because Deathloop was like, it's set in the seventies and the music fit in so well with the era that they put the game, and it really made well, it, it gave it that old timey feel and like all the spy stuff and the spy music and the stealth I, stuff like. Ugh. And plus, I love like how anytime you get into like these conflicts, like the music kicks in and like gets all like yeah. high energy and stuff like that, and just basically matches just what's going on around you or like what kind of situation you're in. So yeah, I think honestly, like I, if I played Guardians of the Galaxy by now, I my opinion would probably be different. But I think it does go to Deathloop because it it captures that aesthetic so well with its music. Best art direction, the artful escape, Deathloop. Kena Bridge of Spirits, 
Psychonauts 2 or Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. In this, uh, I'm going to read this for you because this, this might yeah. persuade you. For outstanding creative and or technical achievement in artistic design and animation. I have one that comes to mind in terms of creative and technical achievement. When if is for me, it's when I think of like the technical achievement that kind of gives me my pick, and I feel like we're either gonna be in complete agreement or very dis- very divisive right now. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. What do you got? Uh, no, well, no, we'll make this interesting. We'll say at the same time on the count of three. Okay. One, two, three. Psychonauts two. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was gonna. Happen. I mean, to be fair. I mean... <laughs> Although it's funny because they both like do some similar things, so it's kind of funny we come down to those two. Like, I I agree on the technical side of things, Ratchet and Clank, but Psychonauts Two does a lot of that like portal thing, like the Rift thing that Ratchet and Clank does. It does the same thing. So, in terms of like the creativity of that of the games, I don't think Ratchet and Clank even comes close to the amount of creativity that is in Psychonauts Two. The I get that, but then I'm also thinking about so like all the different worlds you go to. The one that sticks out to me the most was like that mining planet that like you're you keep swapping back and forth between like these two dimensions that are in the same world. So you get like these two you almost basically get like two worlds in one. The the one where it's like all desolate and destroyed and you're just like looking out into the void and you see like these purple shards and this glowing light. Oh my god. It like I when I got to that point, I just, like, looked out there, and I just, like, stared. I'm just like, this is fucking gorgeous. Like, holy shit. I, I, I'm I, not going to agree. Like, I think I agree that that level is fantastic, but I don't think I can truly convince you on Psychonauts 2 without you having experienced it yourself. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to side with you on Ratchet & Clank. Simply because, like I said, I don't think I can truly convince you without you having seen the level design and the creativity that went into each of the levels without you playing right. them. So right. we'll go Ratchet and Clank on this one. We've got three Ratchet categories. We're, we're coming down to the end here. Best narrative. Right. I don't really think this is a category that needs to be done here because it's it's obvious. Deathloop, It Takes Two, Life is Strange, <laughs> True Colors, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, or Psychonauts 2. No, hold on. No, I think we're in agreement. <laughs> <laughs> it's Deathloop. It's Deathloop. Like, the, the way it does its story, it's it's done, like, too well. Like, it, it gives you, a, it does give you a narrative experience, but then there's also stuff you kind of, like, learn on your own as you play. So, like, there's stuff you can miss, and then there's stuff you find out more of. Yes, the stuff that you, you learn on your own. The ability of them to have a time loop game, but every day you have new dialogue between Colt and Juliana, and it's never the same. Oh, I I, I was going to say, I love their interactions every time. That is incredible. You know, as you go through each loop, having more knowledge, learning about the different cults that are also going through a loop as you play through the game. And the fact that it leaves so many questions, like I'm left going, okay, I want to know more. I want to know how this whole like loop thing started, how, who's behind it, how cult really had an impact. I would love a prequel game. Yeah. And I'm not sure how they would do it, but I would love it. I was say they do it, and then it's either gonna be like a similar case to this game, or they maybe just like make it a focus like single player narrative, and you play as either Jolt or Jolt, Jolt, Jolt or Juliana. 
<laughs> Jolteon? Oh, so yes, I think we're going with Deathloop there. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Best game, Best direction. game direction. Oh my fucking god. Deathloop it takes two, Returnal uh, Psychonauts two, or Ratchet and Clank. Um now now let's uh read the description of this one just see if it coerces okay, our opinion okay. awarded for outstanding creative vision and innovation in game direction and design all right so <laughs> <laughs> all right so we'll, we'll knock out like ratchet and clank because like you said it's more ratchet and clank yes. and the the only thing it does like really different is the rhythm things which is amazing but i don't feel like it's personally enough uh Returnal is a fantastic roguelike, yes, but but it's a roguelike. We've all said it is a roguelike. It doesn't really do too much that's different from other roguelikes. Psychonauts two, we can throw off for the same reason that we threw off Ratchet and Clank. It's fantastic, right. but it's just it's almost the exact same as Psychonauts one. So, and then it, it comes it, down to it takes two and Deathloop. Yes, just click Deathloop. <laughs> I'm with you. Deathloop just did so much as a time loop game, but not being a roguelike game. Like having that consistent narrative going into each loop, it, it's just it was done so incredibly well. And you could see the inspiration that Arcane took from Dishonored and Dishonored Two, and then took it into this game. I like that, and like you know, differentiating itself from being a roguelike by like letting you build up an arsenal instead of like starting completely over in terms of powers and weapons. Yep. I, I, it's hard to stay away from Deathloop. The final category, yeah, our game of the year contender, Deathloop. It takes two. Oh boy! Metroid Dread, Psychonauts two, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, or Resident Evil Village. Now, I'm gonna say this before we even get started here: <laughs> is my game of the year is not on this list, but it was a contender in so many other categories. So it really pisses me off then it's not on this list here. Okay, my game of the year, goddammit, is Forza Horizon 5. I have not had that much fun playing a video game in a long time. Forza is pure joy. I cannot express that enough, and the fact that it's not on this list is like, it's it's a sin. It's a sin, okay? It's awful, okay? But from what's on this list, I am ecstatic that psychonauts is on this list because it was like a cult classic right it was a cult classic and then they brought the second one out and now it's this big thing that a lot of people have experienced and enjoyed through game pass and stuff and like they could go back and play the original through game pass so i love that it's on this list it is not my game of the year yeah i i will say like one omission i'm surprised that seeing and like one inclusion i'm also surprised seeing i'm surprised to see one guardians of the galaxy left out especially with like the rave reviews i've seen getting and then I'm also kind of surprised to see Resident Evil Village included here. I wasn't really expecting it for Game of the Year contention. I was. I mean, also, don't get me wrong. I love the game and everything. I was also surprised to see Resident like, Evil instead of something like Returnal. <laughs> yeah, that's another one. I'm surprised that Returnal got left out. But I'll, I will say it is nice to see both Metroid Dread and It Takes Two both included for Game of the Year contention because... You know, Metroid Dread is the first Metroid game in how many years that we've gotten, and it's been a phenomenal return that I've absolutely loved playing. And then It, it Takes Two I'm also happy for, because it's a game that I would, I could tell like was a great game. I was just like sort of nervous it wasn't going to get the recognition it deserved, 
but obviously like with these nominations like i'm happy to see it get like that recognition i'm now. i'm i'm right there with you it takes two has been such an experience for so many people and to see a smaller game like this get the recognition that it's gotten is fantastic i love seeing the kind of wild cards like I, the fact that it takes two and psychonauts is both on this list like that is super cool to me on top of that it's really cool to see metroid dread on this list because unless it's like a zelda or a mario like mario odyssey breath of the wild like you don't see nintendo on game of the year lists all that frequently so to see something with a smaller fan base like metroid come out and be as big a hit as it is like that's freaking awesome i know it's just it, it i'd always like to see like with these game of the years like who which one's like the wild card and the wild card for me, it comes down to like two. It's like it takes two in Metroid Dread. It's it's very satisfying to see it in there, really. And like I understand why Ratchet and Clank is here. It was phenomenal. It was showing off the hardware. Uh, Resident Evil, I think, is an interesting pick. I'm not sure why it is here. I enjoyed it immensely. Same. The thing with this list is you can tell that there's none of the like. This was a weird year for games. And I think that's why we see so many of these really like unique games like Metroid Dread, Psychonauts, and It Takes Two on the list because there weren't any of those big like Spider-Mans or Red Deads or things of that level for this. Right. Game. Like, like, don't these are all like very like well received and successful games. But like, if you look at this list, there's like, oh, there's really only like one like actual like big game that was like, you know, had all like the advertising support had like a bunch of hype for behind it a uh, lot of promotion a little too much promotion if you ask some <laughs> <laughs> i the thing that i like about this though the fact that there are no you know spider-man's gta's red Dead's, those big games that like everybody's like yes we're in agreement on everybody knows this is game of the year like last year we knew last of us part two right everybody knew last of us part two was game of the year right right this list, there is a case to be made for every single one of these games. And I love that. Right. I love it's, the conversation pieces. <laughs> I know. Like, it, that, like I I don't want to, like, jump to conclusions and say I know what our pick's going to be. But there, a case can be made for all these games. Like, Resident Evil was, like, a fantastic, you know, next entry in the Resident Evil franchise with this... Uh, you know, continued uh, with this now continued slash closed story with uh, Ethan Winters and this little saga that went through it. And I'm very curious to see on like where the franchise goes now in terms of story. Like, are we going to follow more of like Ethan's daughter who is, if you play the game, no, is like a molded, but like a highly advanced molded. Are we going to be able to play as her? Are we going to play as Mia or like maybe uh, Chris and see the fallout from all the experiments and stuff who knows yeah. but i'm very curious to see like it got me more like resident evil village got me essentially more curious and like where is resident evil gonna go from here now i am in agreement with that it got me very much invested in the story with ethan winters and then i'm just curious as to like i liked the tie-ins that it had with you know umbrella and everything else like it was very very interesting and it was good on lore building and things of that nature i really enjoyed the story that they presented there uh ratchet and clank and psychonauts are more of the same but they did so good at doing yeah, more of the same like i can't speak on psychonauts but ratchet and clank now obviously you know we've like ratchet and clank games they're not very like heavy like 
story-driven games. But God, are they fun as hell to play with all these different gadgets and weapons and shit. Just all the zadiness that comes with a Ratchet and Clank game. You know, this running and gutting and strafing, taking out enemies, it, it doesn't get old. It never does. And Ra Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart makes it just a hundred times better. Yeah, I'm I'm in agreement there. Metroid Dread was such... It looks so good and so well-polished as someone who hasn't it played is. it. And <clears throat> just seeing like, the response that people have had. Like, it's the best-selling Metroid game to date. And it's going to be a it, huge hit at Christmas time. We got the holidays coming up. Like, it, it's so well done, especially when you tie it in with how pretty the visuals are, but then tie it in with the OLED Switch release and, like, them really pushing that. Be like, this game will look fantastic handheld on this system. Like, there's just yeah. so much going on there. Yeah, the visuals are solid. The, the It controls so damn well. Like, all the controls and everything are, like, super snappy and instant when you're, like, frantically jumping around and running and, like, platforming and all that stuff, running and gunning, you know, darting from one area to the other. It controls, like, so damn well. And that's probably, like, my favorite part about it, just the snappy, seamless controls and, like, fly as you, like, progress, you get these upgrades that allow you to just fly through these areas. It's just so satisfying. And some of these boss fights are honestly, like, really fun, too. Frustrating as hell, some of them, but, like, still satisfying, like, once you actually figure out what the fuck to do. It takes two. It's just, it's a phenomenal game. Great co-op. I've seen so many people rant and rave about how good it is and the experiences they had playing with somebody else and going through that story. And it's a very meaningful story. So I, I think it's awesome that it's on this list. I think it's so cool that a yeah. game like this made the list. I, for me, it's Deathloop. Yeah, I was gonna say we're now we're coming down to like the game that we've been trying to trying to put off from talking about because <laughs> the past few categories we've already given in our vote, but now we come to the the, the meat and potatoes. <laughs> it, it's Deathloop. The game is so it's well death. designed from start to finish. The narrative, the ability to have that consistent narrative while restarting the day over and over tracking down the different clues, figuring out how you're going to be able to take out all the visionaries in one run, getting that very interesting ending. I won't go into it, but getting that very interesting ending to the game and then like left with so many questions, the comedy, the gameplay, the powers, everything about it was so well done and well polished. It's hard to not vote for it immediately. Yeah, I was going to say Deathloop for doing something that's like, so different that like makes you think like when you first like look at the premise of Deathloop, you think like oh it's essentially like a triple a rogue like but then when you actually play it and you know you understand like the lore and the gameplay loop and everything pun intended ho, ho, ho. <laughs> it's it's so much it's so different and unique than anything we've really gotten the like the character like you know performances with cold juliana and then all like the the visionaries is very satisfying like cold and junior are, obvi are obviously like the stars of the show but the visionaries definitely do shine in their own right especially if you like take the time to read through some of like the clues and transcripts you find from like the visionaries talking to each other and getting a feel for what their personalities are like and it and the thing is like those personalities actually play into gameplay because i forget which one it is there's one visionary that's like super fucking paranoid that like when you go into the area where he's there if you set off like any traps anywhere even even so much as disarming them not even setting them off 
he will be alert that like, oh, you're here and make your experience that much harder. Yeah. I learned that the hard way. <laughs> <laughs> it's just such a well-designed game. And it's so unlike anything we've had before that I it, it just sticks out like a sore thumb in my mind as game of the year. Now, again, it's not my personal game of the year. Forza 5 is my game of the year. <laughs> but in terms of like an act, like the thing with Forza 5, it's beautiful, it's stunning, but it's more Forza, right? Deathloop is right. entirely its own thing and I I loved every minute of it and I don't know if it can quite be replicated unlike something like Forza where you know you're eventually going to get another release that is another Forza game in a different location. So for me, as much as I, you know, if Forza was on this list and I was picking based on, like, actual innovation and, you know, creativity, I would have to still give it to Deathloop. Yes, I can't really argue much with that, but, like, Deathloop's just too strong a game, too well done of a game, introduces something that, like, completely new, unique mechanics, and basically, like, oh, I almost... I don't want to say, like, reinvents, like, the roguelike genre, but definitely, like, starts something new. Yes. Something that we definitely could see in, like, future games and stuff in terms of, like, a gameplay loop. But all in all, even though it's not on the list, we know, like, the one true, you know, game of the year, hold on, I'm going to have it here in a second, is uh, Bassmaster Fishing 2022. Shoot, the true man. game of the year that just got left <laughs> out. <laughs> oh, man. Well, that concludes our list of the Game of the Year Game Award nominees. You are able to do this yeah, yourself so if you go on. on a lot of... Oh, yeah. We agreed and disagreed on a lot. We had some arguments. We yeah. had to just kind of concede some cases on certain categories. Not even so much in differing opinions, but there was just a lot of these categories. It just came down to a lot of hard, like, you know, really thinking and deciding. It's like, God, it could be either of these, but only one has to win. Yeah. So... You are able to do this yourself if you want. Go check out the Game Awards website. You just log in with like any social media or Gmail or something, and you can cast your votes, and you will be heard. December 9th is the Game Awards, and I'm very much looking forward to watching them and seeing all the new you know trailers and stuff that we get and seeing who actually wins, seeing if you know Rico and I were right. Um, You are able to also, since we rant and raved about how good Deathloop is and also how good Force is, we have videos, we have separate podcasts on that. So go back and check those podcasts out. We did a full video, full podcast, all on Deathloop. And then last week we talked about Call of Duty Vanguard as well as Forza. So go check those out if you want to hear more about those particular games. But that is going to be it for this episode guys thank you for entering the chat with us as i said earlier you can check us out on podcast services as well as on youtube in the video format and you can check us out on socials if you want to keep up with rico be sure to check out the end of the chat social medias and if you want to keep up with me check me out at nico gaming on twitter but like i said that is gonna be it thank you all for hanging out with us today and we'll see y'all in the next one Later. <laughs>